BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. From the newsroom to the nursery, we're juggling a demanding career on live TV with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. And I'm Karen. They are anchor moms. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast, post-Christmas edition. Uh, Katie and I hope that you survived Christmas. You made it through with flying colors and are sitting right now listening to this in peace and quiet as your children play nicely with their frolic amongst the gifts with their new toys it always amazes me i don't know if you feel like this how quickly the newness wears off yeah i think we've talked about that before karen like just when you um i think we had an article a couple of weeks ago talking about you know decluttering and oh, getting mm-hmm, your kids fewer mm-hmm. gifts because gosh it's like the the first 30 seconds are really fun and then your kids I like what, think, what else and what else yeah every every year i'm like the whole Christmas week, they'll be playing with their new toys, but that's never the case. Mm-hmm. But we're, look, we're this is uh, two days out mm-hmm. when you know. So 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 maybe there's still hope. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Uh, one Ooh. of my favorite things um, that I sort of in the post glow of Christmas. You know, like that weird week in between, like that mm-hmm. we're sort of in right now, um, like between Christmas and New Year's, um, is just, I hope that I can have a moment to sit in my living room with just the Christmas tree mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and just like sit mm-hmm. for a second. Mm-hmm. Is that too much to ask? No. Can I put that on my list for next year? I think that sounds lovely. Wait, are you alone? Uh, for sure, River is in bed. Oh, okay. okay. And Brian, I don't know. He's like <laughs> he can be anywhere. He's like in the bathroom somewhere, or like <laughs> I don't. I really I don't know. Walking the dog. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That does sound really. Doesn't lovely. that sound really great? Um. It's funny. Uh. So we're recording this before Christmas, just obvious for obvious reasons. Um. And this very morning, mm-hmm. it Katie and I both had r- rough mornings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, rough mm-hmm. weeks over here. Um. And I got in the car to drive to work. The most beautiful um, Christmas song was on. Very calming. What was it? I don't know. It was one of those like (laughs) instrumental numbers. Love those. But it was, I just, I was very stressed and I turned on the car and it just came on and I thought, oh, yeah, great. It was lovely. And then it was one of those times the whole drive was just calming Christmas song after Silent Night came on. I was really enjoying it until. Oh, no. I then realized, oh, shoot, I'm going to fall asleep driving. Yeah. Listening Mm -hmm. to this calming Christmas music. So did you turn the station? So, no, fortunately, the Grinch came on. Oh, perfect. Um, But it it was funny because I was sitting there thinking, this is so relaxing. Mm -hmm. This is what I, I just need this moment to just sit 
and think about the gloriousness of this season, you know. And then um, I was like, oh, wait, nope, don't. I'm get, Now well, I'm going to nod off here driving down the interstate. One of the things I was thinking about this mm-hmm. morning on my uh, you know, 3 a.m. drive to work mm-hmm. <clears throat> is just the mental load of being a mom is already a lot, right? It just is. 365 mm-hmm. days a year. But I feel like during Christmas time, during holiday time, it is like <clears throat> you are, you have to run on all cylinders, man. It's serious. Like Christmas cards, nutcrackers, Christmas programs, like all the things. all of the things. And it's just like gifts for the nieces and nephews, making sure you get the teacher gift cards, mm-hmm. making sure you do the Christmas angel tree. It's just... It is a lot. Mm. So hopefully, as you're listening to this. (laughs) Anywho. That stress has ended and you are enjoying the moment, spending precious time with your family and uh, just basking in the afterglow. Good work, mom. The holiday. Good work. You did good. You survived. You did good. You survived. Uh, This first article today is from BuzzFeed. This woman is going viral on TikTok for her series, Translating the News for Gen Z. And it's seriously so good. So good. Um, okay, so this is 27-year-old Jessica Burbank. Uh, she went to Brown University. Uh, anyway, ended after that, had kind of a long route to get to where she is today. <laughs> but what she does is, and I've, I've do, have you watched yeah, these? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So I've watched some of these. Um, she talks about kind of big national news topics, of course, what's going on in the Middle East, uh, politics, all of kind of the, I would say, bigger controversial mm-hmm. things. Um, and she analyzes it. She communicates it. She tries to kind of break it down. Um, and her big thing is doing all of this from a perspective of the working class, mm-hmm. from kind of a layman's point of view. She says she doesn't want to use a news voice. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to come across like she's, you know, impersonating news anchors or reporters. She's just a 27-year-old girl, you know, telling it like it is, using terms and analysis that, of course, people like us who pay to do, you know, who get paid to do the news can't, don't have the luxury of, right. you know, uh, saying. And, and um. anyway, it's interesting. Now, now. I, I, I kind of feel like it's geared, of course, to people younger than us. Well, she says millennials and Gen Zs. And by the way, I was like, hold up, hold up. I know the millennial years. Karen says she's not a millennial, but by, I mean, I am. But she is uh, mm-hmm. by the year. So if you were born between 1981 and 1994, you are indeed a millennial. Karen and I are old millennials, right? We're right there on the cusp. Um, Grandparent millennials. Yeah. Gen Z is, uh, just in case you're listening to this and you have the same questions as, as I did, uh, you were born in the late 90s to early 2000. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's who she is that's appealing. her target zone. That's, okay. that's who she's appealing to here. Um, what did you think? Uh, I don't mind it. and But mm-hmm. I have a funny feeling that lots of older millennials um, or, I don't know, people older than us feel very offended by it. Or, you know, somewhat offended well, by let it. Let me I ask know. you this. Do you think from a news perspective, since we are journalists ourselves, mm-hmm. were you at all, like, kind of offended or? No, because I think that people are consuming news in different ways. Like, I think that this is, we got to sort of get around. We're so used to these this traditional way of people consuming news. And I, I'll just be honest with you. If I mean, 
this is just the hard numbers, the number of people watching mm-hmm. local news mm-hmm. and, and national news is down across the board. It's just sure. true. They're getting their news. You know, there's people are no longer like tuning in to like, you know, the six o'clock news. They're streaming stuff. They're getting stuff on Instagram and Facebook. And in fact, this um, this woman who's doing this um, says there's like two reasons that she thinks this appeals to people. People are tired of fake professional uptight personas delivering the news. And number two, Gen Z and young millennials want to get their news on social media. It's true. People are not tuning in to TV like they used to, right? They're watching shows on Netflix. They're not watching, they're just not watching the nightly news. So, and she says, I thought this was interesting. People who hate TikTok are the modern equivalent of people who hated cable news when it first became (laughs) a thing, which I think is probably spot on. Um, I would not call her, like I watched a couple of them, not all of them. I don't know that I would call it unbiased. I mean, I think probably some of her stuff is like pretty biased, but I would guess that some of it, at least some of it, I I don't know that she was like leaning one way or the other because I was looking at the comments and like people on the right were accusing her of, you know, being too left. People on the left were accusing her of being too right. Some of it is just stuff that like the average person probably is like, yeah, like Mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. no matter what side of the aisle you're on is ludicrous. And Mm -hmm. like, this is why, like, she's kind of like makes fun of some of the things while putting in some facts about like, this is what happened today in Congress, whatever. That is something that like you and I could not do, right? As like a journalist, we could not, yes, we could not do that. That would not fly. Um, But I do think people are tired of fake professional uptight personas Mm -hmm. delivering the news. I do. Mm -hmm. I I would agree Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. I I agree. But I do feel like there has to be, you know, uh, and and if you watch this this um girl, I, I think she does a good job. She, you know, um, I think most of what she's reporting, I, I think it's fine. I am very nervous though, and this is not there's nothing I can do about this, but I'm just gonna say it. I'm nervous that so many people are getting their news from social media. And while this woman seems like she's taking this on, she does her research, she knows what's happening. There are a lot of people who could putting be putting things out there like this that are absolutely false, false information that people just assume is true. So I think that's where it makes me just very nervous that once we start going down this path, okay, she has millions of followers. What if the next person like her does this and isn't as diligent about reporting the truth? You know, right. I, I think but we're, there. there's a point where, and I maybe this is my idealism in journalism, and the journalistic effort of why we do this is that we are we are vetted. We vet our information. We are only reporting things that are true. Of course, people may argue that we're slanted one way or the other. But I truly believe that in terms of our small little local station here in Asheville, we do our best to report the accurate news. Um, and I just worry that as more and more of this turns to social media, where's that process of determining whether what she's saying to millions of people is accurate or not. Yeah. No, I I agree. But I also think this is the thing is like we have to meet people where they are. And young people, I'm I'm just going to say it again, are not on broadcast TV. Like that's right, not right, where right. they're looking. So it's like, you know. What, what, like what, choose your, pick your poison. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. and I also think, I think the same thing happens on broadcast TV. I would agree with you that I think on a local level, and I think there's a lot of people who don't, know this or feel this way, but I can assure you that here, 
and our local news station, we everybody is working very hard to be as, you know, unbiased as possible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do not feel the same way about lots of other broadcast avenues, by the way, TV broadcast avenues, the cable stations, that kind of stuff. There are lots of people mm-hmm. pretending to be journalists who are they're really like analysts on TV right, inserting right. things that just aren't true or things that are biased. So it's kind of like I think it's like maybe a bigger problem with journalism than it is with necessarily like TikTok right, right, or, right. Uh, you know, social media. So, you know, if if you're cons- and I, like I said, watch some of her stuff and maybe you at home listener will feel differently. What is this woman's name? Jessica Burbank. Yeah. So look her up. Um, you can search her. I don't know. It's just not a traditional take on news, but yet mm-hmm. only because I, mean, I report the news every day. It it is news. Like it is stuff that happened that happened right. that day. She's all you know. Yeah, but and she's you know sitting in her car. Yeah. a lot of the times mm-hmm. she's she is put together and she's very well spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if she memorizes these clips or has notes because she reads them off almost like you're reading a prompter Mm -hmm. to be honest I don't know have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free good news with Amazon Music you have access to the largest catalog of ad free top podcasts included with your Prime membership to start listening download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Mama, mama. Mom's the word. So I have a mama, mama, mom's the word. Mm-hmm. This is a little segment we do where we give you a little sneak peek at something that we think is uh, I don't know, a good idea. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so this is very random, though, I will okay. say. Okay. I love random. And it might be semi-controversial. Oh, I don't what? know. Say um, more. Say more. In a very odd way, you're going to laugh when I tell you what it is. Um, how do you feel about deviled eggs? Love them. Okay, great. As long as okay. they don't have bacon on them. No bacon. No. <laughs> Um, so listen, I found a deviled egg recipe that I am so okay. excited about. Okay. I mean, this is this is where I am in life right now. Okay. Um, I I really love a hard boiled egg in the morning. Same. Yes. But of course that gets a little bit old, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. After a while. Um, so it's it's I think a slightly, I don't know, slightly healthier deviled egg recipe, but I am not kidding when I say I just made a dozen, you know, hard boiled a dozen eggs and made an entire thing of deviled eggs for myself only. <laughs> Literally, I do this on Mondays now for the week. You make deviled eggs for on just Monday. myself. A dozen the, deviled eggs. For the whole week so that I can have my little deviled egg breakfast. So is it a specific recipe or it is a recipe and I'll post it in the show notes. It's it's very easy. Nothing everything you have in your house. Can you um, just make it for me? Could you make me a dozen? Make two dozen. I'll make two dozen and drop it off at your house on my way to work on Monday morning. Um, I don't, this is so random, but I have to tell you guys, I think, and I don't, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like there's some sort of uh, knowledge that eggs in the morning are good for you, right? I feel like that's a healthier oh, way to start your day. I mean, there's protein in eggs that is, you know, it's better than like sugary cer- cereal. Yeah, right. Sure. And while I know deviled eggs aren't the healthiest thing in the world, Look, 
for some Why? reason. Why? Because like, what's in them? What's not healthy? Because there's a little bit of mayo. Oh, but okay. it's, I use the whole thirty, like the the healthy mayo. Okay. Okay. Uh, can't tell the difference. Okay. Um, you know, it's mustard. It's white vinegar. You know, love it. Normal stuff. But yeah. uh, I I feel like it's one of those things that it brings me joy. <laughs> I love <laughs> deviled eggs so much. And for a long time, I didn't do it because I'm like, is this silly for me to make deviled eggs not for a party, but just for myself for like my maintenance morning <laughs> breakfast? No one else in my house is going to eat them. And then I thought, you know what? You only live once, Karen. Just make the deviled <laughs> eggs. And I did. And I cannot tell you how much I love them. It's so easy. Every morning I open up the little container, eat, grab a couple. You don't even have to sit down, pop those buddies in, and you are full until lunchtime. Do your children like deviled eggs? No, they're children. Greg? No, he hates deviled eggs. Oh. In fact, I think he's not jazzed about this because he doesn't even like the smell of them. Oh. I do love to have something, like I get so annoyed if Brian like eats something that I like bought or made specifically for myself in the fridge. So mm. bonus points if it's something that like, not because you know nobody cares if you're the mom like nobody cares mm-hmm. like what's yours in the fridge mm-hmm. so bonus mm-hmm. points if it's mm-hmm. something that like mm-hmm. your husband and your children don't like because it just means like it's like one thing that you can have to yourself in that fridge anyway you know? I feel like I'm speaking to perhaps one listener who might be like oh I've been looking <laughs> for a deviled egg recipe <laughs> for my morning routine how long does it take you to make them like not a- long I mean honestly the heart you know uh, of course if you hard boiled. 12 eggs. You got to peel them. You got to peel them. That's uh-huh. probably the most time consuming. But then once you scoop them out, put it all in a bowl, mix it up, dump them back in the mm-hmm. halved eggs and you're golden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Really <laughs> random, but I'm just, I'm getting a lot like of joy it. out of this. Listen, so I just thought I'd share. I mean, I love that you love deviled <laughs> eggs. <laughs> I, just, I, I just think it's a good recipe too. I mean, it's also something you could take to a gathering okay you know i feel like don't bring those to work like deviled eggs at work are kind oh, of no, gross, no. right but you know i feel like that's an appropriate uh appetizer sure. or something to bring will you bring that to my next soiree <laughs> sure let me know when you're like river's happening. birthday party yeah. so that <laughs> i show like up only, with deviled eggs only at the pool. it's only for us <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay uh, uh the next episode here um comes from article I'm sorry. Yeah. The next article comes from her view from home. Mm-hmm. And this one is uh, titled her marriage is too short to fight over trash bags. Mm. Um, this is so this is a mom who they have a, a daughter and son. The daughter is medically complex. They just came back from the hospital. The son um, just came back from like a bunch of birthday parties and they sort of like get home from the hospital and her and her husband, it's Sunday and they're like, hey, we got to like do a whole reset at this house. Like the gar- the trash needs taken out. Mm-hmm. The house needs to be mm-hmm. clean. All the errands. Just in, yeah. All the errands. Everything needs to happen so that we can start fresh on Monday morning. And so, you know, everyone's stressed. The, the son who went to the birthday parties is overstimulated and like begging for like more TV. Um, and they're working very hard uh, to clean the house and they're... You know, they're, somebody needs to clean the cat litter. So the mom is like, fine, I'll clean the cat litter. And they start arguing over which trash bag to use to clean the cat litter, which this could be like a page right out of Brian and I's uh, book because n- neither of us like to clean the cat litter. And so they get into this argument and they're, it's their son who's like, hey, guys, it's like okay to be upset, but we got to be nice. He said with his hand on his hips, overwhelming guilt surfaced in both mm-hmm. of us, writes the writer. We had just been called out 
by our five-year-old. And um, so she says, you know, she kind of marinates on the The mom marinates on it a little bit and then sort of basically decides by the end of the day that it's just like not worth fighting over trash bags. Um, so she says, you know, at dinner. She thought about a comeback for hours. Right. Like, like she's who like hasn't stewing done that? over it. Yeah. yeah. Who mm-hmm. hasn't done that? Um, but then. But then she has a moment of clarity um, and she realizes that, you know, they had battled so many bigger things in the last year and trash bags paled in comparison to what we had endured during our first year of navigating medically complex parenthood. So at the end, mm. you know, dinner, she gives him a kiss and like basically says like, hey, I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, me too. She apologized yes. instead of having some Instead of having line. the comeback. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love this. I think it's a really good reminder. There was a quote in there that said, little disagreements that consume our energy are rarely worth the side effects of resentment. Yeah. It's so true. Um, quick, though. Oh. Quick, though, side note. Um, does your, does Brian take out the trash? Uh. M- he probably takes it out more than I do, but we both, I mean, right, like when the right. trash is full, it's got to go. Right, so right. like both does of us do. Does he replace the bag? Oh, this is an argument in our household. Isn't he does, it? but Brian gets, uh, he does, but he gets mad that I don't. You don't? No, I do, but I don't do it in the way right that away. he. No, I do it right away. I don't do it in the way he like prefers. Oh. He has like a preference for how you like put the bag in. And, and I'm always like. I see. And we kind of have the same argument about the dishwasher. Like, mm. which is funny because I'm usually the one who's like pretty type A, like, you know, but the dishwasher is like the one thing in my life that I'm like, just throw it in there. I really don't care. Same. And he like is same. so, I mean, I'll go to bed and I'll hear him at night, like slamming around. Like I just illustrated there like rearranging the dishwasher interesting yeah um yes i'm the same put in so, all the dishes however you want to do yeah, it let's just, do just it. Roll, who cares? run that puppy who yeah. cares so um, what were what, but did, the trash do you bags, take the trash out what's happening uh, same we both do gregory definitely doesn't more than i do um but he is not a replacer why i don't know but i cannot tell you how many times and it happened and i know what's going to happen and i go to throw something away. Oh, that's annoying. And it goes to the bottom and I'm like, oh! Yeah. And it's just, I think, I think that it's just not his, I think that he probably thinks about it later or would think about it later and eventually do it. But it's, I'm I'm almost like I would rather get the new bag before you have it in my hand so that when I take out the old bag, I can immediately yes. put in the new bag. Because it's just the worst to have to reach yeah. down in there and get out what you put in before the new trash bag was in. Or it's just like, I kind of feel like if you're the person who takes out the trash, like to complete that chore, you must right. put the new bag in. Like Pasco, the chore is- collect $200, right. put in the new trash bag. The chore bag. is not complete mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. both of those things have been mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I do appreciate because he definitely does take the trash out more. And he always remembers trash day and takes the bin nice. out, which so is huge, yeah. which is huge. Uh, so don't want to be totally dogging on the the trash situation. All right. Whatever. But but the replacement bag. I was just curious how it worked in other households. Yeah. No, I think that's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'm have... not gonna be upset about it. I'm not gonna be resentful. I'm not gonna try no. to think of a comeback. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to move on. But I I think this is. But I'm I mean, not gonna vent about it on a podcast. No, I wouldn't. No, no, Why would you no, do that? No, no. no. Um, I do think. Like, this is the part that they don't tell you before you get married is, like, your whole mm-hmm. life will be, like, arguments about the little stuff. Just this stuff. In fact, mm-hmm. I even, I can't even remember what we were doing, but I was like, can you believe 
that this is like, did any, did, would you ever guess like, these are the things that we would be like, Mm -hmm. this is our life right now. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it was, I kept having, I think I had mentioned this um, before that I kept needing to get um, Christmas stamps. Mm. And I had asked Brian like twice, like he was going to, you know, to the store, to the grocery store here and where you can buy stamps. And I was like, can you get, yes, I'll get them. He forgot. Yes, I'll get them. He forgot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude. You got, like, one job, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And finally, Mm -hmm. I just, like, went myself. But it's, like, kind of the same things. Like, nobody told you that you'd be fighting about, like, stamps for your Christmas cards. Mm -hmm. You know? Just the But the message here is don't get caught in it. Don't get caught in it. Easier said than done. But Mm -hmm. it is, nonetheless, like, a good reminder. Right? Right. right. So the next article really hit home, I think, for both of us. Um, This is from ABC News. It's actually a video. It's why millennial parents are feeling abandoned by previous generations. So it's this, it's just a quick uh, five-minute news clip from ABC News uh, where the anchor brings on four different panelists to talk about this. They're talking about how baby boomers, of course, our generation is in general, having children later, which means that our parents are older when they're becoming grandparents, um, and they uh, either don't want to or maybe can't because they're older, uh, spend their later years basically in childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, some are even forced to work longer, right? Because that's just where we are right. in society. Um, so the, it talks about how some some millennials are feeling a little bit like, wait a minute, where where where's the help from grandma and grandpa? Sure. Um, and also goes into pre-pandemic child care centers were already in crisis. I didn't realize this, that during COVID, uh, they passed thirty nine billion with a B dollars to kind of band-aid our child care system during the pandemic. Well, that money, of course, is now gone. Yes. And our child care centers, unfortunately, are in an even worse place. So there is no spots. When you do have spots, as we know, they're very expensive. So unfortunately, a lot of people are relying on grandparents, on family, and some just aren't available or don't want to be available or can't be available. And what do you do? Right. So, you know, I think there's a couple of things here at play. I think it is true that millennials are having kids later, grandparents are older, mm-hmm, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But also I think the proximity right. it used to be that you, like I'm thinking about my mom. She, my mom was one of seven. She and all of her siblings lived within like a 20 mile radius of where they mm-hmm. grew up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was obvious. There was help. There was going to be help. Mm-hmm. But now, mm-hmm. of course, I don't know a lot of people who live near their parents or their kids' like grandparents. I just I know don't. some. I know some, but I do think it's it's not yeah. as um guaranteed yeah. as it used to be. Yeah. Right. So I think yeah. that plays a huge role in it as well. Because I think that's like a I mean, sure. Then if the parent if the grandparent right there. If you're not right there, yeah. that's like a pretty big burden mm-hmm. to um, you know, to what are you gonna do? Travel to do some of this like I mean, some of this is like that's on the parents there. Like, right, you know, right. if you wanted family help, then you probably to need your, to, to, need to, to be closer to the proximity of, like, where your parents are. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, mm-hmm. I do agree with that. The other thing it talks about, this is really a public utility, child care, that we just don't want to fund. Right. You know, it's it's like, 
electricity. It's like all the other things that we pay for as a community. And we just don't want to put the money, the funding into it. Um, It also mentions, which I think is totally accurate. This is such a big deal for parents for, you know, five years. And then their kid gets to elementary school and you kind of forget about it because you're not there anymore. And so even I think in like the legislative cycle, it with polit- with you know politicians, I feel like it's something that comes up, and then people create a stink about it, and then par- it's very cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Parents do forget as soon as their kids are in school, you don't stress about it anymore. Um, it's it's interesting, and and they do talk about too, and um, you know, I think whether it's a choice or not, you know, our our parents didn't necessarily sign up to be. Yeah. To help with childcare when we had kids. But I do think for a lot of folks, there's that, I don't know if it's a hope or an expectation that they'll just want to mm-hmm. offer and want to be involved. Mm-hmm. And that's just not always the case. It's just not always the case. And I I can't, you know, since obviously I'm not a grandparent uh, yet, I, I do think it is, there is a case to be made. And I think in this um, this article and in the video, they talked to like a 70 or what, 71-year-old grandpa who, um, you know, moved to Mexico and he sees his grandkids over FaceTime or whatever. And it sounds like he supports them financially, which is huge. But he's kind of like, I raised my kids and like mm-hmm. I did that. I did all those like sacrifices and now I want to enjoy my golden years. And I mean, like you are entitled to that, right? right? right you are right. Enti- entitled to that. So, but I think to your point, I think what you're saying is, is like the bigger problem is, is that you know, here in the U.S., we just have not supported. There's no other. Parents, op- there's not a lot of other options, right? And the childcare system is is failing terribly. And mm-hmm. so maybe a bigger issue is funding that as opposed to like relying on these senior citizens to take mm-hmm. care of their grandkids in their golden years. Right, right. That's sort of my thought. Do you have a win for us? Win of the week. I do have a win. It's, you know, we're coming off of Christmas, the giving season, and we've been trying to talk to River about sometimes it's just as fun, if not better, to give Mm -hmm. as it is to receive. But, you know, when you're five, that is a concept that is very difficult to understand. So um, at River School, every Friday, um, you send your kid with a dollar and they get to buy ice cream, which we do every week, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. And last week, River was like, hey, mom, can you like put an extra dollar in my envelope? And I was like, what are you like? You're not going to buy two ice creams. Like what's happening? She was like, I just really sometimes kids like forget their ice cream money. And I really like want to be able to for them to have it. And I was like, uh, to be totally honest, I was highly suspicious of like, what are you what is like, what's the real plan here? So I wrote a note on the envelope like, hey, you know, River says she wants to. And so when she got in the car last Friday, I was like, so what happened? Like, did she was like, yep, like. My teacher said that, you know, is there anybody who forgot their ice cream money? And a couple of kids raised their hands and I was able to give, you know, so-and-so this dollar to buy ice cream. And I was like, maybe I am raising a child whose soul is not black. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, maybe like there is like, you know, there is like hope for us, you know, but of course, like I was raising a kind person. Yes, Yes. But it was very sweet. And I was like, you know, maybe some of what I've been saying is you know, wearing off on this kid. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. That's so sweet. Good that's for River. Yeah. 
Also, can we get ice cream every Friday? That sounds lovely. I know, right? But also it's just a dollar, which is very confusing to me as well. Like, where do you go that ice cream is a dollar? Is it just those little cups? No. Have the wind spoons? A, this is, I went to volunteer a couple of weeks ago and you hand out the ice cream and it's like, no, it's like bars of ice cream. Like hmm. it's, you know, they can- get some sort of deal. They have like, you know, they have choices. Wow. Uh, like, you know, like fudge bars, scooter crunch, whatever. Like, yeah, like we're getting, well, I, I mean, a dollar, you know? Wow. Yeah. We need to That's get that the real ice cream win, deal. right? Yeah. Okay. The real win is ice the cream for a dollar. The real win is that ice cream for a dollar, yeah. Uh, hope you have a good one, folks. Bye, guys. Ankle Moms, the podcast. Thanks for listening.